0: Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterberry Palace, your palace, your place. Waterberry
1: Palace Theater, your palace, your place.
2: And good Friday morning, everybody. I can't help but be excited when I hear that song. It just gets me moving and grooving in my seat over here. And uh, and uh, welcome to Your Palace, Your Place. As Tom said, I'm Sherry Marcucci. I'm the Marketing and Public Relations Officer for our Palace Theater right here in wonderful, wonderful Waterbury. And just a pleasure to be with you twice a month to share with you what's going on, not only at the Palace, but all over um, Connecticut, the greater Waterbury area, about arts, about culture, about pop culture, what's trending, wellness. We try to cover it all because we really want to be your palace, your place for not only great entertainment, but all kinds of fun stuff. So welcome, welcome. And the... Can't help but be so excited this morning. And Not only do we have some wonderful guests, but as I was reading The Republican American this morning, I found this um, letter to the editor on the Your Page page, (laughs) Um, and I just have to read an excerpt from it. It's from a gentleman named Ron Blanchard, and the headline says, Waterbury, downtown is coming back. And I'm just going to read some excerpts. Michelle Morsey wrote a great story in the October 27 Sunday Republican, Bronx Tale, A Talker. I drove a busload of senior citizens from the Prospect Senior Center to the October 23rd performance. It was a great show. What impressed me most was that downtown Waterbury was vibrant, with lots of people and restaurants. The volunteers at the Palace Theater were pleasant and helpful, we love our palace volunteers. There's nobody like them. And the, palace, and the police officers directing traffic did a great job getting us in, unloaded, and on our way while helping the pedestrians go safely about their travels. And it goes on to give kudos to the mayor uh, and his team. Waterbury is coming back. Ron Blanchard, thank you so much for that. We need more cheerleaders like you to tout all the wonderful things going on in Waterbury. And at the palace, I mean, we have just done so many things to make people feel welcome. We've always prided ourselves on our customer service and the wonderful experience. Now we've even extended that. We have greeters at um, the different points of entry. So as you're coming out of the ramp garage, either on Brook Street or uh, down that um, piazza from where it's in between the Waterbury Arts Magnet School and the side of the palace. We have greeters, actually students, student greeters from um, UConn who are um, there to say, hello, can I help you? This is the way to come in. They're, you know, a a smiling, friendly presence as you're getting to the front of the theater and the box office. So, um, And, of of course, our wonderful police officers who do a fabulous job making you feel safe, getting you to cross safely so I mean thank you Ron Blanchard if you're listening I hope you are we appreciate that and yes the show was fabulous. I can't say enough about a Bronx Tale. Nick Fradiani um, was just superb. And it was so much fun to meet Chaz Palminteri and get a chance to talk to him. Uh, If you're a regular listener, we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, but to meet him in person. And my goodness, he's a tall one. Yes, he is. Of course, I'm a a short one. So we, we made a comical picture there. But anyway, so that, I, that's so, that was just such a great experience. I also want to give a shout-out, um, before we get too far into our show, to one of my colleagues at the Palace, Brian Kimmy, who is our digital and design manager. Who He a, does a wonderful, wonderful job, but he and uh, Alyssa Altman, Vice President of Works, the two of them were the co-chairs of the United Way of Greater Waterbury's Bed Race a few weeks back. And they did such a phenomenal job. I just want to give them a shout out um, and a pat on the back. And, you know, we hear a lot about our millennials and it's not always positive. And I want to tell you, these two fine colleagues um, are just the best of the best. And they represent their generation, you know, magnificently. So I just want um, I wanted to say that, and they are also part of the Emerging Leaders um, group of uh, young professionals. So um, don't despair. We have wonderful, wonderful young young uh, professionals that are coming up in the ranks and, and showing uh, all their talent. So we appreciate them very much, and I just wanted to say that. Also, I want to say thank you to uh, the Waterbury Chamber, the uh, Business Women's Forum, Board of Directors. I had the privilege of being there this week as a sponsor. Uh, the Palace was one of the reception sponsors, and what a fabulous job. And, I, again, two other young professionals, Courtney Leagy, who uh, uh, she is um just a, a, just a spectacular young woman and Julie Donato both um, have management administrative positions at the chamber. I don't know their exact titles, but um, I've watched the two of them grow and, um, and they really take the helm of that event along with their board of directors who do the planning and, and um, you know, Lynn Ward, a uh, uh, shout out to you because you allowed these young women to grow as professionals. So, But Stacy, London, what not to wear, I loved her. I wasn't sure I was gonna love her, but um, she really was genuine. She shared some really tough times she's gone through in the last few years, and actually got quite emotional and was was really—I hate to use this word because it's overused—but authentic. She really let us see who she was, and talked about designing your success in this new world, in this new way we do business. So um, that was. I, lo- I loved I loved her presentation. I love Connie Podesta who was right on spot on and boy, talk about having um, neck you know, a second act which I'm gonna talk about um our second act series in a moment but Connie um blew us away when she revealed her true age and um you would have never guessed this woman was 72 years old she was unbelievable so anyway as a presenter um what else do I want to share let's see. oh I know our friends our friends in Torrington, the Warner Theatre, they have a show opening tomorrow night, Something Rotten. And I know that's a hilarious show. Um, we have a friend who used to work at the palace in it, Robin Colosa. So break a leg to all those involved in that production. I want to just uh, mention that. And we're gonna take a break in a, uh, about a minute uh, or, or less, but I want to set up our our first guest, someone who had a reputation for being kind of, um, well, maybe the female Don Rickles of the comedy world, and um, but she hung up that crown, the Queen of Mean, and has um, has um, become. A, a quite different person. So we're going to take a break and talk about and talk with the second act of Lisa Lampanelli. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterberry Palace, your palace, your place. Waterberry Palace.
2: And we're back with Your Palace, Your Place on 1320 W.A.T.R.A.M. I'm your host, Sherry Marcucci, and I am so excited to have on the phone with us this morning a woman who um, was very clever and and had a very um, uh, uh, prodigious uh, career as a stand-up comic, But she's had a little bit of a second act occur in her life. And so let's welcome this morning Lisa Lampanelli. Lisa, thank you for being with us this morning on Your Palliser Place. Oh my God, thank you for having me. Oh. My pleasure, my pleasure, and I know I've been keeping you uh, between myself and your uh, publicist, Katie Jackman. We've got you kind of working it, um, but you've actually got a story to tell called Losing It, and I want to say that I had the um, good fortune of seeing the, I guess the um, beginnings of, of Losing It last year at the Fairfield um, Theatre Company.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, because actually the, what it is is it's a storytelling show, and uh, it's for people talking about weight and food and body image-related issues in a funny, humorous way, and uh, yeah, we started doing it when you saw it in Fairfield, and it sort of evolved over the years to become very cohesive and you know heartfelt and humorous at the same time, which was my dream to do after comedy.
2: Well, you know, I think it's so fascinating and I, I've alluded to the fact that it's a second act, and indeed it is, because many people, of course, know you from your your former um, life as the the Queen of Mean, uh stand up comic and your appearances on Celebrity Apprentice, but you had a very transformative experience experience happen um or or a choice you made I I, it's not really happened it's a choice you made do you want to share any of that oh sure you know yeah um about
0: five years ago I sort of started feeling like you know insult comedy and stand-up wasn't exactly what I wanted to do anymore and I'm the type that I really pay attention when I feel off and I feel like oh gosh something's just not right Mm -hmm. So after I did a lot of soul searching, I was like, oh, I want to tell stories. I want to tell stories that are funny. I want to tell stories that have a lot of heart about this issue of food and weight that's been sort of my whole life. And, uh, you know, come on, as an Italian or you know, uh, (laughs) anybody growing up in my generation, food is love, and my mother's house is the original Olive Garden, you know, unlimited soup, pasta, breadsticks all day, every day. So I grew up with this mentality that, Food is what life revolves around, and it's kind of set me up for telling a lot of these stories about what we go through as people who are, uh, you know, either obsessed with food or have have body image issues. So uh, about a year ago, I decided to retire from insult comedy and went on the Howard Stern Show, and I was lucky enough that he, you know, gave me a platform to um, retire. And um, then I was lucky enough that Dr. Drew and Wendy Williams and all, Dr. Oz came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, my God, this is so great that you're doing something that's still funny, but that can kind of uh, give people an outlet for feeling their feelings about these issues.
2: You know, Lisa, it's this is um, a common, I, I think, um, a, a topic that most people can identify with in some way, shape, or form. Not to be, you know, not to make a pun out of this, but um, we all, I believe, as humans, feel something about us isn't quite the way we think others expect it to be. I think that's not uncommon. Would you agree yeah, with that? And
0: I, oh, yeah. I think we always, you know, there's this little thing inside us that feels less than other people yeah. or not good enough. And it's really up to us to say, all right, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to you know know that I'm not the only one struggling. And I think that's why it was important to do the show is to show that these four people on stage have the same stuff going on as you do and that we're still out there struggling through and able to make some humor and some entertainment and some knowledge out of it and say, hey, you can hang in there also. So I like the show. I like any show that makes me feel less alone. And I think that's what it does because, you know, that's the great equalizer is that we all sort of feel like we could be doing better. But hey, what's wrong with us? The answer is there's nothing wrong with you. You just have to learn to work within your limitations and learn you're not alone
2: right and we're the the commonality is we're all human and as humans we we are um have things about us or we are flawed in some ways but but and maybe that's the wrong word um but we all have something of value and i think that's what i got out of your show and that it validates people to hear these stories and say as you said i'm not alone other people struggle they might not have my struggle but they struggle and that's the thing that makes us one makes us whole to instead of and it's funny lisa because you're you did a 360 instead of kind of the put down you're lifting people up now yeah and
0: what i always liked about insult comedy was by the time the show was over, people understood the point that it was to bring everybody together and mm-hmm. feel equal to each other. Yeah. So it's weird that this show kind of does the same thing, but in a different, almost just using a different art form. Because storytelling is, is nice, because as a beginning, a middle, and end, you hear what really happens to people. And you go, ooh, um, me too, me too, me too, which is really good. Because, I mean, there's nothing worse than feeling alone. And once you don't feel alone anymore, you feel you can work on your stuff.
2: Absolutely, and you know, we positioned you with your permission as part of our Second Act series that we have at the palace. Of course, you're the only one that's on the main stage, but because our Second Act series is a storytelling series, and it's people yeah. telling their Second Act stories and, and where it's brought them and where they came from, how they got there. And I just, when I saw you, I went to my executive director, our CEO, Frank Tavir, and I said, Frank, I think this could fit right in with, with our second act. The philosophy is the same. And uh, yeah. so thank you for being open to that and um, allowing us to, to market it in not only the normal channels as we are, but in that um, arena as well. I'm um, oh, sure. I love it
0: because really we have second and third and fourth acts, you know, not everybody stays with what they always have done. You know, years ago, I remember probably like when our fathers were in the workforce, you just kind of stayed in the same job or the same company for your whole life. Mm -hmm. And now people are doing two, three, four careers in a lifetime. And it's really nice to be able to do something a little different that shows who you are more. So I just like being more open about what I work on every day.
2: Now, you've also, I mean, not only have you, you know, put this show together and you're doing this, but you've embraced the, um, the role of a life coach. And yeah,
0: I really it, like, uh, yeah, I, I like this whole thing about studying why do I, you know, have these blocks and, you know, helping people, other, other people dissolve sort of the limiting beliefs that hold them back. And um, I do workshops. I do a, I'm doing a food and body image workshop at Kripalu in the Berkshires next weekend oh. about you oh. know, self-love and peace around food and body image. And it just feels like, okay, you know, with groups of people, we can all kind of get together and, um, you know, learn a lot about what's holding us in place and not allowing us to move forward. That's what I like about the coaching piece
2: and and you must get a lot of satisfaction out of knowing that you're you're really um <laughs> you you're helping people and and you help people in your former life you help them forget maybe their troubles for a little while and laugh and and there's certainly a lot of value to that but now you're touching them in a much more direct maybe and um, yeah. intimate way um, yeah more of a, a not quite one-on-one perhaps but perhaps it is maybe you do uh, clients uh, privately as well um, right but, I
0: do. I think, you know, I enjoy small groups, and then it even feels like some coaching elements find their way onto stage when we do these shows, because there's a pretty lengthy Q&A at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people, you know, it used to be questions, it's funny how things evolve, most of the questions used to be about, oh, who was your favorite person to roast, or what was it like being on The Apprentice, and now it's more like, oh, I've struggled with my weight for 50 years. Um what do you suggest? Or, hey, I have an anorexic daughter. um, What should I do? So that part feels really good. It's like, ooh, you can use these different skills that you get throughout the years and really put it into play. So I, I like that aspect of it. It's not just making people laugh and entertain them. It might be, Helping them a little
2: too. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Lisa Lampanelli who will be at the Palace Theater on November 16th. It's a Saturday evening um, with her show, Losing It. And Lisa, we we haven't really touched on the fact that Losing It has a reference to you losing something um, several years back, and um, you you look like an entirely different person. Um, yeah,
0: it's it's funny. It's um, you know. I- I, I I was driven so insane by my weight struggle that I was like, I can't take it anymore. And I got a weight loss surgery and lost 107 pounds. And, you know, I've been working on myself so much that I kept it off it for eight years now. But it's still a daily, you know, work. It's a daily struggle. And, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting how your life can change and your outward can change, but you still have to keep working on the insides. So uh, it wasn't the quick fix that people might think it is.
2: You know, and I, and I know that to be true because I have friends who have gone through that, and um, some, you know, have, you know, struggled. And and I know yeah. a friend who thinks about it all the time because she's her fear is that it's not going to stick. Um, so yeah. it is. It's like any other... Um, it, it, I call it an addiction. Um, it, yeah, you have to work that program. You have to work it every day. And I yeah. know, I know personally, it's it's a struggle. And um, I like to be able to bring to our listeners for your palace, your place uh, opportunities where they can try something new that might be a help, and and talk about wellness. And this, your show is all about that. It's about entertainment it's about the storytelling it's about lifting people up it's about sharing tools as you said and and helping people to be whole to feel whole yeah
0: yeah because honestly it's it's uh work from the inside out basically it's uh you know a lot of people have the weight loss surgery and gain the weight back because they don't work on the underlying cause of why we eat versus what we eat because why we eat is a big bigger thing um nobody's 100 pounds overweight because they like food where we want to stuff our feelings and our emotions so i think that's a lot of the stuff i've learned in the last eight years is like oh okay so we're not physically hungry but we're eating why yes and um i love being able to you know help people with that and share with them like don't worry, you're not alone. This is something we all go through, and if you work hard enough at it, you can, you know, move ahead maybe one step forward and one step back some days. But it, if you just keep working on yourself, you'll be okay. Because, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, again, I think it's the work of my life.
2: Yeah, and I have a question for you that um, I know people face. And um, over the years of my life, I've experienced this on some levels. When you make a major change in yourself, um, other people's they don't know where to put you sometimes. Are they changed in the way they interact with you? Can right. you speak to that a little bit? Well, I always think that I had a pretty bad attitude
0: uh, lack of vulnerability when I was overweight um, as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. It was a shield and a, a armor. So I think it was more I changed mm-hmm. and got more vulnerable and a little bit more open. So I don't blame people if they kept me at a distance. I sort of put it on myself. I don't say, oh, now that I'm thin, you like me better. I say, well, now that I like myself better, you like me better. Like, why wouldn't I? You know, take some of that responsibility. So I think a lot of the times we like to go, "Oh, the guy who didn't want to date me when I was fat wants to date me now." Most of the time, it's not about your weight; it's about your attitude. So my attitude, in my case, was not great. So and invulnerable. So I think now um, I'm a better friend, a better daughter, a better sister, a better aunt. I hope I am at least. <laughs> so I, I uh, people, I've never been able. To, easy to classify and put in a box anyway, so I'm kind of used to it, and go, hey, you know what, Um, the right ones are right for you, the wrong ones are wrong for you, and if those relationships and friendships or work environments need to change, Mm -hmm. that's just something from the past.
2: I like that perspective and and taking ownership of of your own um, changes and how that impacts rather than looking at it the other way. That's a that's a, that's I I love that a lot. So thank you for well, sharing I, that. I, I,
0: Oh, of course, because I think a lot of it is where we like to feel like a victim because Mm -hmm. it's easier. And, oh, look at how I'm being treated instead of going, everybody has struggles. You know, I had a woman say to me this morning, we were talking about weight loss surgery, and she goes, women just have it so hard. And I go, kind of everybody has it hard. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know, black women, trans people, gay people, everybody kind of has it hard. And she's like, you're right. It's just like victim mentality is never good, martyrdom is never good. And I was just going, I can do this, I can take responsibility, and I'm, I'm not the only one. There's no poor me, you know? Because yes, we have to feel our feelings and feel sad and grieve things but we're not the only ones out there doing it. And thank God there's support for everybody out there now.
2: Yes, yeah. We had a wonderful presentation just this past week in our Second Act series with a, a woman who um, is transgender. and. Oh, my God, it was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. Um, just uh, blew us away, blew us away. And yeah. I'm so, so pleased that so many people came out for that presentation. Um, Jillian oh, Solentano, great. if you're listening, you were fantastic. So, um, Lisa, I want to just thank you so much. for. I know you're busy, and I appreciate you taking the time to share some of your upcoming show, Losing It, November 16th at the Palace Theater. Um, with our listeners, and um, looking so forward to seeing you again, and seeing your show, oh, and seeing you. how it's changed a little bit since I'm sure I saw a year ago, um, and, um, and just have a wonderful, wonderful couple of weeks, and we'll we'll welcome you with open arms on the 16th. Oh,
0: well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to do it. I really feel like it's so funny and so clever and just it's really it really makes me happy doing it and the audience just seems to be really thrilled so Yay! I can't wait
2: to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll have a big Waterbury welcome for you, and thank you again, Lisa. We have been talking to Lisa Lampanelli, who's bringing her new show "Losing It" to the Palace Theater on November 16th. And if you want tickets, go to palacetheaterct.org. Um, there's a special new price point. Tickets starting at thirty-five dollars. Bring your gal pals, bring your friends, bring your your go out with couples. This is a fun show, but with a message. A fun show with a message. So, um, or call our box office which opens at 10 o'clock for tickets 203 346-2000. And we will be back with another guest for another show that's opening Tuesday at the Palace Theatre. So stay tuned. Entertaining
0: new possibilities. The Palace Theatre, your palace your place. Show for the whole family.
1: Waterberry Palace, your palace, your
2: place. Waterberry Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And we're back with your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host, and you're listening to 1320 WATRAM. And I have so many things to talk about. You know, we had on. Um, the ACC. Diane Plax earlier in the week talking about the upcoming uh, Flying Ivories event on November 14th. So that's going to be a lot of fun. If you want tickets to that, go to um, the ACC and I'm looking for the phone number. Where is the phone number on this? 7203 <laughs> 755 I think that's the phone number. Um, it's at, it's at actually at the office of the Waterbury Chamber. So if you're interested in that event, which is taking place at Vine, the food will be fabulous. It'll be a fun night of singing and all kinds of stuff. But right now, online, we have a a triple threat performer, as they say. Um, We have Bianca Horn. Good morning, Bianca. Good morning. And Bianca is um, someone who is um, coming to us and opening on Tuesday evening, this coming Tuesday, November 5th, at the Palace Theater in the most hilarious show I think I've ever seen, <laughs> The Play That Goes Wrong. So welcome, Bianca. Thank you so Thank much for you. being here. This show is First of all, it's just you don't stop laughing. As soon as you pretty much as soon as the show starts and I don't want to give anything away, but you don't you don't stop laughing. You really don't stop laughing. My stomach hurt and <laughs> People always say they leave and their cheeks are still hurting Yes, Yes. It's so true. It's so true. But the other thing that is so amazing to me, and, you know, I've done theater, so, um, you know, I, I maybe appreciate it in a different way, but the timing is so impeccable. and has to be for this show, for it to work. That if one person's off their mark, everything that would fall like dominoes and it doesn't it is so tight and so uh, just the stagecraft is amazing so um but bianca before we get into talking about what the show's about talk a little bit about yourself i i introduced you as being a triple threat performer <laughs> <laughs> and um in reading your bio and doing a little um research on my own about you you certainly are so tell the listeners a little bit about yourself
1: um, well, I'm originally from uh, Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and grew up in Miami and got into theater there um, because I couldn't learn English properly. <laughs> so my parents were like, let's get her into some theater classes. That will expedite the process. Um, <laughs> and I just fell in love with it. Um, I ended up going um, to college in Dallas where I got my degree in acting. And since then, I've been one of the one of the actors that can say they've been really lucky. I've been a working actor for over a decade. Um I do straight plays. I do musicals. Um, this is actually my third national tour. Um, I was on the Hairspray Tour. Well, I noticed color- that.
2: And w- were yeah. you here at the Palace or that? Do you remember? Did you come to Waterbury, Connecticut? It was almost a
1: decade ago to this date. So I, we probably did, but yes. I can't tell you whether or not I remember. I mean, the likelihood uh-huh. is very likely.
2: <laughs> it's a blur, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> And, and, and you, you also did uh, Color Purple. Yeah, um, I wrapped that up at uh, the end of
1: 2018. I was very lucky to do that show. Um, so I, I mean, I love having my hands in all aspects of this craft. I also write a bit. Um, so I, I, I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, it, it definitely has been a joy.
2: Wow, that, that's, you know, you are one of the lucky ones because a lot of times people get, as you know, cast in one kind of uh, genre or another. And, and being well-rounded means that you will have a career with longevity, hopefully, and and be able to not only um, eat <laughs> and continue to <laughs> do that, but also to fulfill yourself and be able to do many different types of roles.
1: Exactly, and honestly, this show came at the perfect time Color Purple was an amazing experience And I remember after a year of singing Because that show, um, vocally, is if, if People who have ever seen the show It's beautiful, but it can be tasking Sure And I remember, I was like, I would really like
2: to do a play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give those vocal cords a little rest <laughs> A little
1: bit of a rest And three months later, this, um, I got cast in the show off Broadway So um, it's, it's truly like, been a joy
2: Tell the listeners um, the synopsis of the play that goes wrong.
1: So the play that goes wrong, it is a group of players um, from Cornley University, um, and they are putting up a play called The Murder at Havisham Manor. (laughs) Um, You have the cast, and then you have my character, who's Annie, and another character named Trevor, who are basically the technical team for this um, company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the stage manager, he works as the sound guy, and the rest of the players are actors in the murder at Havisham Manor.
2: So what it's the play in, within a play concept.
1: It, absolutely. It is definitely a play within a play. What is, what is the play that goes wrong is the murder at Havisham Manor going terribly awful. Um, everything that could possibly go wrong from the start of the show to the end of the show does. Um, And it is two hours of laughing, crying. I remember I saw it on Broadway back in 2018 and my husband had to quiet me down because I was... (laughs) (laughs) hollering because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, You earlier talked about um, the timing, like, because I have been in musicals. Mm -hmm. I never truly understood the choreography of comedy until I did the show. The writers, the creators were brilliant and mastering, like, the rhythm of it. Um, It is Basically, choreography, comedic choreography. Absolutely, as the show builds, it just continues to escalate and excite you. Um, it, we often describe it as like the show being like a symphony. Like sometimes you have the drum having a solo or the sax having a solo, but there's always something happening in the show to make you smile
2: or to yeah. make you laugh. And there's some uh, just fun characters. There, it must be a fun <laughs> show, a really fun show to do. It
1: is. The cast is ridiculously talented. Like, I'm so lucky to be with these actors. Mm -hmm. And some nights, it's hard to not laugh at them. Because, I mean, they're brave actors, so, you know, they're not always doing the same show, and they're always um, trying new things. So, every once in a while, I get caught off guard when someone does something so brilliant that I'm like, how do I not laugh as Bianca?
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's amazing that somebody, um, because, as you said, it's so tightly choreographed, and the timing is so crucial, to try something new and and, uh, and uh, kind of, in, almost, I don't want to say improv, but... Uh, w- in the moment, and that's always exciting for an actor, but also it's it must be frightening sometimes almost for the other people to go, Oh my goodness, where are we going with this? <laughs> I think in any other show, absolutely. In
1: this show, I feel like it's kind of um. Encourage. Everything is set in like a um, because there is a certain rhythm to it. So mm-hmm. regardless of what you do, it has to fall within a certain rhythm. Sure. So it uh, it always is kind of exciting. Like, what is he going to
2: do tonight? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it definitely keeps us on our toes and keeps the show fresh for the audience every I, yeah, day. Yeah,
2: absolutely, because when you're, especially when you're on a tour or even on a long engagement on Broadway or wherever, um, you always have to be digging deeper to find something new to keep yourself because otherwise people just dial in things in, and you know when that's happening as an audience member. So.
1: Exactly, and I think this is... Um I'm probably over 300 shows right now with the audience, wow. and um, it still feels fresh. Um, yeah. Touring it has done something uh, very new for me. I was with the Off-Broadway cast um, from January until um, early October, and going to these new cities has rejuvenated the show in such an exciting way. The audiences are so different, the way they respond are so different, so um, it We always say for the play that goes wrong, the last actor that we need was the audience. And the second you guys sit in that seat and you're ready to have a good time, it completely um, rejuvenates the show and it is a
2: good time. Now, were you in the production, you said until October you were off Broadway? Yes. Because I saw you then because I saw the show this summer. Oh, yeah. You saw me. Yeah. Oh, you were phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Myself and one of my colleagues went down um, at New World Stages. Exactly. Yes, yeah. And, oh, as I said earlier, we just, we could not stop laughing. Um, And if you're listening and you're going, okay, okay, you've convinced us, how do I get tickets? Well, you just call the Palace Box Office, 203-346-2000, or go to our website, C. Dot org. And we're talking right now to Bianca Horn, who is a member of the cast of the play That Goes Wrong. And by the way, the interesting thing, too, about this engagement, um, we have three performances at the Palace, which begin next Tuesday through thursday so tuesday wednesday thursday evening curtain is at 7:30. then the show loads out and loads in down to our friends at the schubert theater in new haven and this um collaborative um engagement if you will allowed the two of us both theaters to bring in this title which is a newer title and uh we are so thrilled to be working with them and um have the ability to to bring such a great show to our respective um audiences our subscribers and you know uh, in our own geographic areas so and this is the kind of show i want to tell you when you see it If you come Tuesday night, if you're listening, you have two tickets for Tuesday night or you're getting tickets for Tuesday night, you are going to want to come back. You are going to want to see it again. (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to bring other people with you. Absolutely. Right. I mean, Bianca, I mean, you know, you live this show. But as you said earlier, you saw it first before you were cast in it. And it's your husband had to put, put a muffler on you. <laughs> but um, any last words for our listeners to, to encourage people to see the show?
1: Um, this show, you can be five, you can be 95. Um, it is enjoyable for all ages. Um, if you've had a long day, if you just want to sit back, relax, and laugh, and just um, uh, feel joy for two hours, you need to come see the play that goes wrong. It will definitely brighten
2: your day. Those are great last words. And and, um, Bianca, thank you so much for um, taking time out. I know you had a show last night. And these morning, you know, appearances and calls and radio, TV, it's always, I know, a sacrifice. So it's appreciated very much. And I look forward to seeing you perform again Tuesday (laughs) night.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful.
2: You're welcome. And we were just speaking with um, Bianca Horn, who is one of the um, uh, performers that will be joining uh, us Tuesday evening in the play That Goes Wrong that opens at the Palace Theatre right here in Waterbury. And again, if you're looking for tickets, org, or call our box office, which now opens in about six minutes, 203 346 2000. And I know earlier um, this morning on Tom Schutt's program, Tom Schutt and you, um, you had the pleasure of hearing Leif Bialand, who is the Waterbury Symphony Orchestra's conductor, celebrating his 25th anniversary. And tomorrow afternoon, we are just so looking forward to this very special presentation of the movie Casablanca on the big screen, accompanied live by the Waterbury Symphony Orchestra, what a special opportunity this is you don't get these kinds of opportunities to see a classic film and then have it just embellished by the live sound of a live orchestra that doesn't happen in today's world you know we don't Usually mix uh, genres like that, but this is truly an event not to be missed. It's not going to happen again around here anyway, um, and certainly not with the Waterbury Symphony Orchestra. So, um, if you've been, you know, kind of like, um, oh, it sounds good. Should I? Should I? Yes, you should. Do yourself the favor. You're worth it, and relive the magic of this classic film, and and just. Surrounded by the majesty of the music played so powerfully and under the direction of Leif Bialand, do yourself a favor. It's, it's going to be a crappy weekend, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Is it? It could be. But even if it's not, you know, it's a lovely way to spend uh, uh, November afternoon that begins at three and uh you'll 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 be so happy and you don't want to be among the people who say oh i should have gone and seen that that you know you don't want to be one of those people um so we're kind of coming to the close of our show tom this has gone by very quickly I feel like this is the play that goes wrong, what you just did, and nobody will know what that is, but um, he's, he's flashing flashcards, basically, <laughs> to give me the high sign that we have a couple of minutes left, and... I oh I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we have some other great shows coming up at the Palace. Um, not only those that were mentioned in today's program, but next Saturday evening we have the Machine, which is the Pink Floyd show. So if you're and there'll be the three albums played in their entirety. Um, if you're a Pink Floyd fan, you know what I'm talking about. So you don't want to miss that. That's coming up. What else do we have coming up? Well, we have the Fabulous. 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 Uh, Buddy Guy and Kenny Wayne Shepherd on November 7, 17th. Buddy Guy is a legend, a blues legend, a legend. If you're in a, into the blues, you better be at this show. Um, he's in his 80s, Tom. He's in his 80s and he's still playing. That's wild. And, um, and Kenny Wayne Shepherd is sort of like the heir apparent, kind of like knighted to, to take over the baton, so to speak, from Buddy Guy. So that's coming up. And then, of course, Le Miz. Lame is for a week, December 3rd through the 8th. If you've never seen this show, you must see this show. This show has so much heart and it, it speaks so much to what we're experiencing in the world today. Go see Lee Miz. The music is spectacular. The story is spectacular. It's a beautiful. Beautiful. And that's all we have time for. And here comes our music. Stay tuned for Steve Knoxon uh, with Talk of the Town. But first our local news coming up next. That's all we have time for. We'll be with you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Radio station for news, talk, and entertainment. 1320 AM WATR, Waterbury.